You're listening to Write Right with the Story Perfect Editing team. Visit us at www.storyperfectediting.com for more information on developmental editing, copy editing, and proofreading services for your writing. Season 1, Episode 9. Hello and welcome back to the Write Right Podcast. This is episode number nine, Judging a Book by Its Cover. I am Elon. I am an apprentice editor at Story Perfect, and I'm currently starting uh, Franny and Zoe by J.D. Salinger, uh, which came to me highly recommended by about a billion people. And uh, it's it's a short book and uh, apparently brilliant. So I'm going to read it and see how I feel. Uh on to you, John. All right, I'm John. I'm the senior editor at Story Perfect, and I am excitedly starting a new uh, craft fiction, uh, nonfiction book that's called Making Shapely Fiction by Jerome Stern. This was actually Katie's recommendation. It's sort of as a, a way to put your finger on why writing gets boring and how to make it better. So it's going to, I'm hoping it's going to teach me more about developmental editing. I'm Katie. I'm copy editor, and I'm currently reading. Phoebe and her unicorn. And I'm showing it to my peers here so they can see the cover art, which is why I picked it up, because look at it. It's freaking it's, fabulous. It's beautiful. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's a middle grade graphic novel about a girl and her magical unicorn. And the unicorn is like super arrogant and kind of a jerk. And it's really funny. And I love it. Ian, what about you? Hello, I'm Ian. I am an apprentice editor and Currently, I am rereading the graphic novel Watchmen. It is my favorite oh, nice. superhero group. Um, and I just love the artwork in that book. It's amazing. Um, the movie was actually quite good. But, um, yeah. You're the first I'm, person I've heard say that about. I haven't read it, but I did see the movie, but I, so I didn't know how to compare. I, I am a really big fan of... About the un- of that universe, and yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, so we're here today to talk about book covers. Um, you know, there's there's a well known adage that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you should. But the reality is, I mean, like, what do you do when you go to a bookstore? When I go to a bookstore, I look at all these spines of books, and if I see a title that I find interesting, I pull the book out of the bookshelf and I look at its cover, and based on that. I will flip it over. If I look at the cover and I'm like, meh, I probably won't flip it over and read the back copy. Um, And that's just because it's our natural, I think it's a very natural thing to do. Um, And, you know, in terms of book marketing, especially for self-pub authors, a book cover is really critical because people browse online bookstores much the same way. You know, you see these thumbnails of a book cover with a book title and a rating, and that's all they go on. And so if your book cover is um, slapdash or... Uh, cliched or whatever it is that 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 might turn a reader off then then you might uh, you might lose them so we do judge books by covers uh much to the chagrin of uh of adage finger wagglers everywhere um i did but... bring a couple examples because oh, i sweet. have i am like the biggest like i won't even open a book if i like the cover i'm like it's gonna be good um, yeah, like so um, I'll I'll show them to you, but the readers will have to look them up. <laughs> for instance, uh-huh. like Watchmen has a really distinct, good look, good looking cover. He has a smiley face yeah. pin. Yeah, has sure. the blood, and it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome to look at. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. So I picked this book. It's called The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, and I've I'll show you guys book. the cover. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's gorgeous. Um, I've I've yeah. actually seen that before at a bookstore and thought that was yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, and the cover is like a black and white striped on the uh -huh. sides here, and mm -hmm. uh, the inside of it is circus striped as well. Oh, wow. It has a very it's like a circus theme. And when I saw it, I was just like, I don't know what this book is about, but it's so pretty. I mm -hmm. need it. So, and then another book I bought just when I saw the spine of it is called Life with Mr. Dangerous because it's got a rainbow striped spine. It's a graphic mm -hmm. novel. It's fabulous. <laughs> especially, I think, for me, when there is some juxtaposition between the name of the book and the artwork, that says to me that I'm going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, um, just a couple examples of some books I picked that people can go look at the covers and see how they feel. I think, you know, um, there's also an interesting thing that happens when I see people reading in public. And I think that e-reading has really also uh, done a number on on the kinds of book people the kinds of books people read in public because i remember before i before i came out as a huge nerd i felt a lot of you know trepidation about reading a book with a dragon on the cover or like a dude on a horse with a sword on the cover out in public <laughs> like i wouldn't do it i when i saw my uh, when i saw my buddy i was 11 years old and i saw a buddy of mine reading harry potter and i was like that looks cool but you're such a nerd um <laughs> Because it had like some kind of crazy, I don't know, it was like a kid flying on a broom. What is this? I'm an adult. I read Moby Dick at 11. Thank you. Uh, I want my books to look like this. I want it. I'm holding up the cover of Franny and Zoe, which just says Franny and Zoe on a white yeah. background. And yeah. to be honest, it's an incredibly boring cover. But because it's ostensibly a classic, you can do that kind of garbage. All the classics um, are super boring covers. Yeah. Can I just say that? Then it's not like any of them are have. No, it's like a, it's a real thing. Um, But so. I lost my train of thought, but the point is that e-readers have sort of like democratized this idea that you can read whatever you want now in public. People, I mean, the the amount of and and I am I am a terrible person. I read over people's shoulders on public transportation. <laughs> I I'm do do, go ahead I and do say that it. too. I do it all the time because I love knowing what people are reading. And like some of them, <laughs> some of them the most unlikely the people are reading the most unlikely books <laughs> because they have e-readers. Like you'll see a. Uh, a, a smartly dressed young woman who's clearly like a marketing professional reading Patrick Rothfuss on her Kindle. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the world is a beautiful place. Um, well, and I think what that what that says is just how much the covers say about the book. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like you can look at a cover and know right away if it's a fantasy novel or if it's sci fi or if it's yep. a classic or, you know, like the the art says so much more about it and if you don't have to worry about people looking at the art yeah i mean you could just read uh, i've read some questionable things on on the bus i'm like i would not read it anybody <laughs> exactly you can be like <laughs> you can read whatever books you want and no one's gonna know because they can't see the unless cover. they're reading over your shoulder <laughs> unless they're reading over like your me. shoulder Elon. like jerks like me uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but but a cover can tell a a lot about your book you know going back to the harry potter example it very clearly indicates uh you know grade and reader age um and as even as as the uh series becomes more you know ya focused um it carries that thread of sort of like a whimsical young whimsical uh you know middle and low grade novel until later it becomes a little more serious like the covers get a little bit darker yeah. less adventury um they even stop featuring like a person on the cover later in the mm -hmm. book like right doesn't that deathly hallows not even have harry on the cover uh, or am yeah. i mistaken uh, one thing i've noticed well, is that they've been reprinting the harry Potter books 
with some covers that are actually like photorealistic. Like they'll have like a mm. picture of like a train station, but it's actually like an actual train station instead mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. colored full children's artwork. Yeah, and you'll find very different styles of cover artwork um, for different uh, markets. Yeah. So like Brandon Sanderson's uh, Mistborn series in the U.S. has a very sort of uh, traditional uh, fantasy art cover featuring, mm-hmm. you know, like a a woman who's uh, the character Vin, like flying through the sky holding a knife. And then the U.K. covers are like these gorgeous kind of abstract blue mist thing happening. Um, and... It's very interesting to see how different markets will have different types of book covers um, and well, trying to. When I to... was a kid, I didn't want to read a lot of fantasy books because the covers were so like boring to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was like 10. So if there's like some shirtless guy on the cover. I'm just like, I don't care about this at all. But as soon as I saw um, Anne McCaffrey's Pern series and there was a dragon on the cover, I was like in. I was like, yeah. I am on board for this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of those like uh, like Robert Jordan, those kinds of authors, their covers all fall into like a very similar category. Yeah, it's, like a, it's a cliche trope filled cover of like a guy with a sword fighting some kind of orc. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and... a, you know, the, the covers of Lord of the Rings, the original covers that Tolkien drew uh, are gorgeous. The cover yeah. for the Hobbit is amazing. He painted yeah. it with watercolors, like it, it and yeah. it feature, and it like really tells this whole story. Um, there's an element of journey. There's the lonely mountain. There's a dragon in the sky, and it, and you can see everything from you know, uh, from you know, s- uh, com- complicated language to scale. It all sort of appears together, um, and so you can tell a lot to your readers in covers. Um, for instance, I mean, you can have uh, like Easter eggs and secrets that uh, once a reader's, um, you know, initiated into the rights of your story and knows all the secrets, they can turn over the cover and say, oh, my God, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool feeling, I think, for me as a reader. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that kind of stuff, but I really I live for that. No, I love yeah. it. I've seen some that have like um, they have like tricks to them, like they have like. I saw one, and I'm not going to remember the name of this book now, because it's, it's like been on the verge of me buying it because it's so pretty. Um, it had like a transparent cover around the actual cover, but it looked different with the transparent cover of it than it did without. And I'm like, this is clearly telling me something. And I, I do like getting a message from the cover art. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the crux of the point, we all, we all agree, and I'm sure that listeners, you're like, yeah, totally. Books by covers. That's, we judge them. Uh, but the, the crux of the argument is that a cover is very important. Um, and John, uh, what are you looking at there? Oh, it's just um, a uh, book based on the uh, online MMO, Eve Online. And uh-huh. oh, yeah. this the, this cover is amazing. Yeah, it's got a sweet spaceship, planets. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Looking good. Um, you know... I, one of the interesting things to see, actually, uh, speaking of like uh, pr- really high quality sort of professional covers, um, I've seen a lot of books on ink shares where the person designed their own cover, and I was very impressed with what they were able to do with their covers uh, using their own resources. And then to see what um, what those books turn into after having some kind of like professional service do it for you was really remarkable. For instance, I just got the arc of a book. Uh, 
and the cover is outstanding on this arc. You know, it's an advanced reader's copy. It's not even the final release, and the cover is outstanding and, and, and speaks volumes about the quality of the book within. So I know that a lot of advanced reader copies will typically be, you know, like bound maybe with just like an extra piece of paper that says the, the title of the book. But as a reviewer, getting a copy of a book like this one, for instance, I'm showing the group is uh, Dreams of Distant Shores that I mentioned last podcast. It's like a full on cover. It's it is a it is the the finished quality book and it says a lot about what might be in this book. Um, yeah. You know, there's a, a pensive woman at an interesting window. Uh, it looks like the seasons are changing. You know, it, it, it can say a lot about the content. Um, and so you want the kind of thing that is really going to entice a reader into your mm-hmm. story immediately. Um, I will say that there there's one cover artist and he has done like most of the books I think I have like ever read. And I didn't realize they were like all done by the same person, but he's the, he's the one who does the Watchmen covers. But he also oh. did like the Michael Crichton, like all the Jurassic Park series, like that, like infamous logo. F- familiar, like, yeah. His name same is a, kind of style. His name is Chip Kid, and I mean all of his work. It's really different, but like, I mean he's he's just done so many books. I read. I thought it was yeah. like clearly I'm drawn to an artist, like, mm-hmm. and that's just a big part of why I've chosen a lot of books he does some of like david sedaris's covers and like the genres are really wide but his work speaks to the same it still speaks to me no matter what genre the book is so i think that just says a lot about the power of the artist who's doing the, yeah. the covers i mean packaging matters so much just as in, in all elements of being a consumer including buying books packaging matters tremendously exactly. um so well I'm and glad I, I will say books this was like a long time ago before it was a thing. Books I bought for the cover art was the Twilight series. Okay, and I'm not afraid to admit that because the covers no, those on those books covers. are good. They're good yeah, covers. Yeah, they're good. The second yeah. matter, I, however. I, well, you know, I, mean, I read I, them and I was like, well, that was fun. I'm done now. And then I read all of them. I read all of them. I'm not going to lie. Why would I lie to you? Hey, you, wouldn't, went, you wouldn't, Elon. I went through a pretty... Uh, a pretty bad breakup and I was stuck in my, my brother's house and his wife was like, dog, read these books, homie. And I was like, like okay. Hard. And so I, I read all of the twilight series in a matter of like two weeks. Yeah. Um, that's what they're and, for. That is the perfect situation to read them. And I was like, Edward, you're <laughs> so molesty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the cover art on those is, is really dramatic. And it is. you're like, before I knew what they were about, I was just in it for the art. And then I looked at the book and I was like, vampire, whatever, I'll read this. Like, I like this cover art. But that's mm-hmm. just how I tend to approach books. And that says something like, as much as I was like, the books were fine for me. I like enjoyed reading them. I wasn't going to like go reread them a hundred times, but I was like, these are fine. This is like a weird romance. There are a lot of romances. They're molesty and weird. And no one really yeah. thinks about those issues. <laughs> so I read them. We can talk about that in another podcast. Yeah, this, we'll talk about sexism later. Okay. Yeah. We need a few episodes for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I mean, I bought those for the cover art because it was good. And and sometimes yeah. the cover art can be better than the book. But yeah. I think still for me, they were like worth it on that front. And then they when they release like movie cover books, that breaks my heart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, my God. The Lord of the Rings ones. Even though I, I, I would have a you know, poster of Viggo Mortensen above my bed if Crystal was cool with it. Um, I still don't want to see him on the cover of the Two Towers. No, there's just exactly. something wrong about it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. 
Yeah, because a movie is an um, interpretation, you know, and that they could make another Lord of the Rings movie in 15 years and someone else's vision, but it's the same. Yeah. The story should see What free. it does is it... Um... Sorry, oh, no, I interrupted you, and I feel terrible no, I'm about done. that. It's, we have glitches. <laughs> the, um, what it does is it is it puts uh, it, it it sort of like infects your mind with a vision for how characters are supposed to look. When in reality, exactly. a lot of the time, an author leaves enough of it up to you that you populate these characters with you populate the cast with characters of your own making. Um, and after watching like after watching a movie, it totally changes the way you read a book from time to time. Um, Honestly, I think yeah, if- like. If people are going to do like a book reproduction of like the movie, they should stick to the movie poster if it has mm. no characters on it. Like if mm. the uh, the the novelization of 1982's Tron just has like the logo, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that would be better. You were right. It's yeah. mostly when they put the actors on the cover, and I'm like, they don't belong here. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if so I that, love them. <laughs> that actually brings up a pretty good point. Um, when I was first debating uh, doing cover design for uh, a book that I was working on and trying to fund through Inkshares, um, I was told that, like, absolutely to not have characters on the cover. Um, and I, I, I see that everywhere, honestly. I see, like, characters on the cover? Harry Potter, another great example. Like, characters are always on the cover. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's that idea of, like, photorealistic or actual real people yeah. um, that really is kind of bad. Although mm-hmm. it works from time to time. I think that there's a lot of urban fantasy that does it. Um, uh, or, you know, like, a Grimdark does it a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would book say covers that, that like, have, you know, I don't a- tend to be drawn to covers with people on them. I tend to, unless they're, like, really fake. Like, I bought a book just because it had a mannequin on the cover, and I was like, this looks weird, and it was weird, and it was great. <laughs> like... <laughs> Unless, unless know, but, the yeah. character is the thing that the fiction centers around. Like, what's on the cover should represent what yeah. the reader can expect. And so if it's an urban fantasy with, like, a kick-ass heroine, the, I see a lot of that where they'll have, like, the woman on there. Like, the some, you know, she's got her hair flowing and, like, there's fire in the background or whatever. And that works because <laughs> yeah. that's what readers want. Yeah. They see that. They're like, oh, yeah, it's like another Kill Bill kind of uh, – you know, like, Absolutely. I think another really good example of books that require people on the cover are romance yeah. and erotica. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the example that comes to mind hilariously enough is Chuck Tingle, uh, <laughs> whose book covers are delightful because, you know, like, for instance, uh, I have to look up the title of this because I don't want to mess it up um, because it's amazing. Uh, I'll just I'll distract you with the dulcet tones of my stuttering while I look this up. Uh, so Chuck Tingle, for those of you who don't know, writes uh, erotica shorts on Amazon with uh, with titles like um, "Helicopter Man Pounds Dinosaur Billionaire Butt." Yeah, uh, it makes me tingle with his 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 uh. book his book uh, "Space Raptor Butt Invasion." <laughs> is what's on the cover so his book space raptor butt invasion is currently nominated for a hugo award uh, and th- there's a long and complicated story about that um we'll get into that on the episode. <laughs> but he's got he's got a book for instance that's called 
Oh, wow. I, he wrote a book called Feeling the Burn in My Butt, and on the cover is a man and a unicorn wearing Bernie Sanders-style sunglasses. Um, it, it's literally, these books are the most amazing. He's even got a Wikipedia page, so he's done well for himself. No, Chuck Tingle is, is the real deal. Wow. Um, I, I urge you all to check out his book covers because they're tremendous. There's a, there's a YouTube video I watched yesterday of a guy reading out loud this one which is called Slammed in the Butt by my Hugo Award nomination. <laughs> and oh, the cover right features... <laughs> yeah. You're looking at it, right? So, and, and, and everyone who's listening, please Google this. Google Slammed in the Butt by my Hugo Award nomination. And you'll understand why it's really important to have people on the cover because it says volumes about what the contents of well, the book are going to be. Um, there's, well, a, there's a hot man with a beard and a Hugo Award with a face. <laughs> And that's what's happening. You can't on use that hand motions. You can't use hand motions, Elon, or they're not going to know. God, it exists. Uh, but it, it implies a lot about what's going to go on in that book. The Hugo Award is behind the man, and uh, it impl- and the title is very clear about what's going to happen between the man. Uh, he has a book called Schrodinger's Butt. It. <laughs> this I'm telling you guys. I'm dying. <laughs> Chuck Tingle, I just introduced you to a world of glory. Wow. But, well, so. I will say that for erotica, I think a lot of times the audience or the, and the characters are so specific, right? It's why you want people on the cover because they tend to be so, like, the audience tends to be whittled down to, like, such specific likes and dislikes. Yeah, it's very niche. Yeah. So, like, yeah, if the guy on the, like, the guy has a beard on the cover and you like bearded dudes, then Elon's going to pick up that book. Yeah. You know, because that's what gets me off and I'm reading erotica and that's the point. Right. Um, Exactly. So I think that's like one of the reasons it's important Uh, for other books. I would almost argue, I would argue that the, the artwork should relate to the concept of the book more than the characters. Um, because that's like what the book is about Mm -hmm. as opposed to, or it should be stylized in a really creative way. You know, like the night circus is a great example. Like the one that you showed earlier, um, it certainly features circus style things, but but the the book, as far as I'm aware from its synopsis, is actually pretty far out. Um, it's really far out, and it's like beautiful um, magic realism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think like when you look at the cover, you feel like a little bit of magic. You like something circusy and different, and then you read the book, and that feeling is maintained throughout the whole book. And I yeah. think that like whatever the art inspires is what is what the book should inspire. And whether that's, uh, you know, raptor butt invasions or, like, cool <laughs> circus magic. <laughs> whatever it is that works for you. Whatever it um, is Or if it's Dragon Riders of Pern. Like, if it's that. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it appeals to you. So, uh, so, so let's, let's sort of bring this, bring this thing home. And uh, I'll let John introduce uh, Story Perfect's new, new deal here. Um, which is sort of the purpose of talking about book covers. It's all been a sales pitch. Thanks for sticking with us. Over to you, all right. So we just got into doing book covers for authors. Yeah, so, uh, hey, listeners, this is Elon here in the editing room, and you might have noticed that John's mic started sounding kind of robotic. Um, something happened to his mic at the uh, latter half of the recording session, so I'll do my best to summarize what he said during those sections where he sounds... Uh, gross for lack of a better term uh the first the thing that he says here is that essentially we just got into doing book covers for authors because a lot of the time when we we want to help uh at story perfect we want to help 
authors who self-publish their books succeed. And one of the things that we hear, that John hears a lot of the times from them is, where can I get a good book cover? So he connected with a graphic designer who's been doing graphics for him, uh, and then John asked him if he'd be interested in doing book covers for Story Perfect, and the venture started about a month ago, and they're already working on covers six through 10. And they'll have had 10 projects done uh, fully within a month or so after starting. Um, and some of those books are running shares. Um, you know, he closed this little section by saying, you talk about judging a book by its cover, and it's especially true on ink shares and platforms like it, where uh, if you get a great cover up, uh, even when it's an ebook, that's what people are making a decision on. Um, and so what we're looking to do now is build up a portfolio. Uh, John encourages you all, and I encourage you as well, to go to our website. There's a page up currently for it, even if it's eventually going to be on its own URL. Right now, that's where you can see it. So head to storyperfectediting.com to see uh, your cover options. Yeah, so I you saw heard the covers. It. They look amazing. They do. Um, a number of the authors uh, on InkShares who've gotten covers from us have... Uh, I've seen some of them because they've uploaded them to the group or whatever, and, and they look really good. Um, in fact, when it's time for me to put my books back up, I'm going to be uh, using this service uh, because I want a dope book cover. That's what it is. I want because like when I see my book printed, I want to look at it and be like, that's a dope book. That's my book that I made. It's really yeah. sweet. Uh, I, yeah, I was pretty articulate there, but yeah. you get it. <laughs> Hey listeners, it's Elon again, replacing John's robot voice. Here he says that it's actually pretty important. Uh, a lot of people want to do their own covers, but to have someone who is trained in graphic design, who's going to approach your book objectively, is going to make a really huge difference for you. Uh, he likens it to having an editor that isn't you, because you wrote the book, and you might not capture the right elements because you have certain ways of thinking about it that... Uh, that are obvious to you, but maybe not so obvious to a first-time listener. Yeah, I mean, there are exceptions to every rule. I mean, obviously, if you're a really talented visual artist, go for it and make your own cover. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm not. No. <laughs> I cannot draw at all. Um, so I think I think that puts us just about at time. Uh, please go ahead and go to the Story Perfect website, storyperfectediting.com, and check out the, uh, the cover service before we move it over to a new URL. And... Uh, Continue ju judging books by their covers um, because it keeps people uh, who we really like, visual artists, in business, and uh, it makes a lot of sense to do so. Um, so apologies to all adage finger wagglers about uh, book covers and judging them, but, uh, but what, what it seems we all think that that's the way to go. <laughs> Anyone have any final thoughts about book covers before we wrap up the podcast? I mean, I would just say that we've been talking about judging the books by the cover because you do have to pick it, and that's just what it boils down to. That being said, if someone recommends me a book that maybe doesn't have stellar light cover art, I'm still going to give it a chance. Absolutely. You yes. know, it, it, bad cover art has turned me away in the bookstore, but never from a recommendation. That's usually how I find books. People recommend them to me, and I go, okay. I think I've even I think I've even qualified recommendations with the cover is kind of lame, but like deal with it. Yeah, right. Like Asimov's covers are kind of so-so, but pretty good mm -hmm. books. So, you know, I would just say that, like, it's really important. But for the writer, like, make sure you have a finished book that you love before you worry about the cover art. Yeah. Cover after content. I would, I would add from my final words. Hey there. Me again. 
John's final words here were pretty straightforward uh, and they were a little bit different from ours. Uh, when you are an author ready to publish, you want to put a good cover up there as something that is as important as editing. And we know editing is critical because it can help tighten up your story and make it a more satisfying read. Um, but the cover is huge because it's your first point of connection for people who don't know you at all and are just browsing a catalog or a bookstore uh, or a digital bookstore to check out your work. Um, and your cover is hopefully the thing that will tip them over the edge and turn them from a prospective reader into a reader. Uh, and so that's why John believes that cover uh, is right up there with the other pieces of finalizing your book when you are ready to publish. Uh, and that, you know, a cheap Photoshop job won't attract people the way a professional cover would. Yeah, I can't remember uh, offhand, but I think there's a Twitter account that actually uh, is called like Kindle Cover Disasters yeah, or something like that. And it just sort of like curates covers I mean, that are not quite so good. I can't tell it, you how many like self-published Kindle books I've scrolled past because the cover art is really bad like bad photoshopping and stuff like mm -hmm. i'm just not gonna i'm gonna assume that that's how much effort they put into all of it yeah and that's that's exactly called judging the book by its cover I yeah think, exactly it exactly which, is which Good is what me. you should do listener <laughs> sorry about it um anyway so thank you so much podcasters for joining me thank you listeners for joining us uh we'll be back in a few weeks talking about some more interesting book related shenanigans and uh until then, visit storyperfectediting.com for all of your editorial, book cover, and other needs. Thanks.